John. Really? Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I'm lovely. Well, you, you sound good. Good. Thank you. Yeah, Let's that was. Yeah. Are you still really sore? Pretty sore. Um, I think. Um, I think my best friend is Alexander Fleming for developing penicillin. Um, because I got a lot of that in me, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, I uh, you know it's just what it is. Um, <laughs> right. I was I was in the chair for eight hours. Eight hours they carved me. Eight hours. So okay, so just tell me then what I mean. It we started when Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, yeah. Christmas Eve, and um, I got a pain in my. I got a, uh, a, a, everything was fine, and then I got a sharp, I mean, I'm normal, right? Going along normal, I get a sharp pain in my upper left jaw, mm-hmm. upper left jaw, I get a sharp pain, um, almost a metallic, sharp, lightning strike pain. Oh. Comes out, comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and it became, it just, it, it ramped up the crisis instantly. Wow. Uh, and so uh, I'm out trying to find, you know, a, on Christmas Eve, a dentist, which is not that simple. Right. But anyway, I got that done. But what apparently had happened, I'm I'm just speculating, is that I had had my teeth cleaned uh-huh. a couple of days earlier. Uh-huh. And it opened up a, uh, the cleaning opened up a um, an area somewhere where it was able to, to migrate whatever, you know, fluid or something into an area of one of my teeth mm. that was infected on the top. And it, it apparently it wasn't, it had been encapsulated in such a way that I wasn't feeling any of this problem going on. Uh-huh. And it was, a, and it was a big thing happening in my head. Right wow. my job. And, uh, and I, by the time I got to the dentist, the dentist talked to me and I said, I said, this is migrating up behind my eye. Yeah. Uh, and he said, that's not good. And they put me in a, um, they did a full scan of my, my entire skull. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, uh, you know, you've got a big problem, kid. <laughs> Sit down. Mm. <laughs> and um, Damn. So that's anyway, scary. yeah. Uh, I had two guys working on me with two staffers, uh, and they took breaks uh, working on me for eight hours. Holy cow. Ugh. And so I'm on, um, you know, so I'm on recovery now, but, mm-hmm. um, and I feel lucky. I feel very lucky. A lot of lucky things have happened to me. And I think this is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've dodged a lot of bullets in my life and I just dodged another one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, so what they end up doing? They ended up, they ended up, uh, taking apart a bridge, uh, doing a root canal on one tooth and, pulling out another tooth and capping out and doing caps on the bridge take apart um, on my left side. And they went in and they went up into the jaw and started to, and they, what I did is uh, I got, I, I got some uh, bone graft too, cause the jaw was coming apart. Oh, gosh. Uh, so they got, I got a bone graft going up there and, um, I will go back in another month or two and, you know, I mean, it's going to be a long process, but, but, um, I'm functional. I mean, if I sound normal now, it's good. 
Yeah. Um, and um, I'm on, uh, I'm on, uh, you know, drugs, of course, because otherwise I wouldn't be functioning at all. Right. So, yeah. Mm. Hey, pay attention, everybody. Man. Pay attention. Yeah. Because it's uh, what surprised me was, I mean, I first of all they they liked the dentist liked, but they said you take good care of your teeth, you got great teeth, you got mm-hmm. great dental work, and what's really cool is that all of your all of your work is in gold, which uh-huh. I guess not everybody has gold. I had gold. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And of course, I'm older than a lot of people too, so gold was popular when I was having all yeah. this done. But um, anyway, I I would I would consider myself from a dental perspective. Uh, you know, uh, on top of my game. Right. Uh, I, you know, I brush my teeth, da da da, go every three months, have my teeth cleaned, you know, fine. But this was going on in an area where, for whatever reason, it wasn't picking off a nerve. Hmm. And it was growing without alerting me that it was, you know, attacking me. So I don't know if I got shorted on nerves there or what. I don't know. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And they gave you a root canal too. Yeah, I got a root canal. Uh huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. we got one of those. Damn. I've had that before, but they gave me one. Uh, it was a double. It went in and it went, you know, it went out, out to the to the prongs, and um, then they the toughest, the, the most dramatic one was pulling out one of the teeth because because it wasn't loose, it wasn't ready to come out. It was just fine, but they had mm-hmm. to pull that tooth out to get at it. So they're like, you know, it's almost like a Wild West show. They're like on my chest with pliers. Oh my gosh! To get my tooth out, my head is rocking back and forth. You know, I was waiting for whiskey. You know, come on, guys. You're right. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and, but uh, but you were out. I mean, they must have put you out. No. Oh well, I had I was on Novocaine. Yeah, they had yeah. Novocaine. You know, but I mean, they they would they numbed me more times than I can count oh. <laughs> because it it just. Once they opened it up, and once the nerves caught on, it was going on. It was like it was. I've never. I mean, I've had cancer. I've had a heart attack. I've had all that stuff. Nothing touches what I went through day before yesterday. Nothing. Oh man. <laughs> and that's why people are afraid of the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Well, I'm glad you're back and better, and you sound Thank good. You. Yes. Thank you. I missed you. I we haven't talked in a while. I know it's difficult to this. Yeah, not a good idea to not talk. Mm-hmm. Not a good idea. <laughs> how, how was your Christmas? Good. Yeah. It was really nice. Um, well, yesterday was Christmas, and um, that was that was my recoup day. Every Christmas, my kids go to their dads, and I could have went too, but I decided not to go. And. Uh-huh. Um, so I had a marathon and I tried to catch up on all my succession. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to um, season three. Okay. And, and Peter's like, that is not possible, mom. There's not enough hours in the day for you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm just literally following the discs, right? And I, maybe there's multiple episodes on one disc that doesn't have commercials i'm not sure how the whole thing works but i'm on season season three for sure and um and there's only five right dear five, god I help think me five yeah i think five. five yeah yeah it was off by the time i seriously by the time i i got to like season three 
disc one or two. I don't know, but <clears throat> like this, I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. It was, it's, oh God. <laughs> it's yeah. like listening to men banter <laughs> the whole time. I'm like, oh, doesn't anybody have a real conversation? Everybody has a line. It's just, it's just real snappy. A line, a line, a line, a line, a line. It's just, oh, God. it's terrible. Uh, uh, it's terrible, John. It's terrible. Are you, why are you watching it? Where? Why? No, why? Because you gave it to me and told me to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm doing that. But the only thing that I, I really do enjoy, it's like flipping through the pages of Architectural Digest. You know, all you of mean... the different homes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now I find myself looking at the homes going, yeah, I don't really like that. I could not live there. Absolutely not. <laughs> And the woman who bought him out, right? I don't remember her name. Yeah. The, the older yeah. woman and how she yeah. was more about ethics, right? And didn't like his ethics, his business practice. And wanted to input her own CEO into the company. And uh, anyway, her house. Yeah, her house was amazing. I was like, holy shit, that's beautiful. And, well, they all um, live pretty well. I mean, between the long black cars, helicopters, and, you know, it's a yeah. pretty, it's pretty upscale show. Yeah, but yeah, but uh, most definitely, it it, it uh, the drama gets bigger and more intense. Yeah. So now, are you showing me this because you know that was your lifestyle, or are you identifying with one of these characters? No, I don't identify with the characters. Uh, I, I lived in that. that. Yeah, that was that was the lifestyle that I worked in, not that mm -hmm. I had. I worked mm -hmm. in it. I mean, I I, I, for, I, I lived pretty well. But I, I didn't live in a castle, you know. I lived in a great big penthouse on top of a building. Mm -hmm. But it was it was sort of in that in that league kind of. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we would fly jets and whatever. Mm -hmm. I had helicopters landing in my front yard. Right. So it was there. I was in that thing. But mm -hmm. but I was um, I would have been a player. I would have been I would I would have been a friend of Romans, or I would have been uh, I would have been. Um, um, someone they would call upon as a fixer. As okay. they got themselves backwards, I'd be a fixer. I'd come in and get something handled for them. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would probably, if, you know, in, in that context, that's what I would be. Um, so Roman is the fixer? No, no, I wouldn't be Roman. I'd be his friend. Yeah. Or, but I would, I would be, or someone like that, you know, one of the, one of the crazy children. Um, the old man and I would get along just fine. Yeah. Um, uh, and, but he was, he was, he was very typical of my, of my client, mm -hmm. uh, aggressive, no patience, mm -hmm. um, lied to suit his needs, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, he'll, 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 he tells all the kids stories, you know, that they're going to be number one and he doesn't believe any of it. Um, so he would be my client. He would be the client. He'd be the one that would call me, and then Roman would call me back and say, you know, don't believe everything you hear. The old man's crazy or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was mm – -hmm. um, uh, I had one family where the kids tried to take the old man apart. Just take the situation, have the children turn on the father. 
which will happen in this series. It comes comes along later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and then they disassemble the whole thing or try to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's um, they feed on themselves. Mm-hmm. That's why I walked away. I walked away. I mean, it's just that's an example of why I left. It's so dysfunctional. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is so dysfunctional. Every character is so dysfunctional. <laughs> oh my gosh! And like you know, yeah. and definitely, I I don't buy into the relationship. You know, as far as the brothers and the sister, I'm like yeah, you guys sure. aren't related. <laughs> You're not related at all. I mean, they're just characters in a show. But you, it's like there's uh, you don't feel any relationship. No, it's very mechanical. They have they do a huggy thing where they where they get together and hug once in a while, you know. But they are they are vicious. They're like snakes. Right. It's like, but it's I mean, like even, a snake pit. Right. Even personality wise though. You know what I mean? Like you can see like with usually typically in families, even if there's a black sheep in the family or whatever, somebody who's not quite in line, uh, there's they're still related. And there's just there's nothing that says these people are related. You know, it's like, where did the daughter come from? Whose mother, or, you know, like, she's nothing like the others. Uh, no, she's not. Um, yeah. But I, that situation never comes up. They they remain siblings throughout. Um, the oldest brother is the one that's got the least, is the silliest. Um, but I can't think of their names right now. But anyway, it's... um. It's just, a, I think it's accurate. That's all I'm going to say. It's accurate. That's why I thought you should read it or see it. Or watch it, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's accurate. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's, uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's a view into what I did for 30 years, you know? Yeah. And, you know, as, as I'm listening to the banter, it's like it's moving very quickly, right? Very quickly. And I'm thinking, okay, but who's doing what here? And why do you all have so much money? Is it just on you know, on the company money or what the oldest son lives in that Pueblo thing, the big Brown house. And I'm thinking, Oh God, no. Oh God. I could not live there. I could not live there. <laughs> <laughs> and then what's with his girlfriend? His girlfriend's like a hooker or something. She's a prostitute. Yeah, she is. Yeah. She's a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> when did that come up? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and she sticks, she sticks. It's kind of funny. It is yeah. funny. It's just, you know, and she gets dogged on and everything, and she still stays, and yeah. she's staying because of the money. Yeah, and she, I mean, she's very candid about that, and even up to the very end, when you'd think that she could walk, she still admits that she's staying for the money, and he's fine with it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the whole thing, and then Roman with his, I, I don't know, I just, oh, it's so slimy. It's so slimy. Well, he is a little, he is a little deviant. He's kind of a deviant. Yeah, he is. Um, and he is <laughs> the, the gal, the the accountant that he performs for. Uh, they finally get into it too later on. But uh, mm. yeah. yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's all there. It's all there. I mean, I yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm like, oh god, I gotta go <laughs> two more seasons. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm putting you through this. It's okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and the, yeah, I. It's just, I'm trying to go along with it, but seriously, whoever wrote it, you know, it's just real fast, like men talk. It's just, that's all it is. You know, I've I've been around enough men and sit, sat at the table with enough men at the table 
to mm -hmm. know that all you guys do is banter. And it's like, oh, God. You know, it's just one kick under the table after another. Snappy, snappy, snappy. Jab, jab, jab. Okay. You going to work? Okay. I love you. See ya. Okay. And um, <clears throat> so anyway, my son's going golfing. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. yeah. Is going golfing meaning going, did I go to work? No, he's just going to oh. go golfing. Oh. Yeah. But um, he they had his Christmas, his Christmas party and stuff, and he got employee of the year. <clears throat> yeah, most Congratulations. yeah, yeah, most valuable employee. I'm like that spot, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very um, cool. That's right, it's my kid. <laughs> very cool. <clears throat> yeah, they love him. But um, so anyway, uh, what were you saying about before that? You were grousing about oh men. No, yeah, about, about men. men and their method of communication with each other. You know, there's in my experience. A lot of it is just jab, 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 jab. You know, there's there's no real talk. Well, um, like the phrase, "Are we good? Are you good? Are we good?" You know, da, 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 da. are we like the, speaking like a machine gun? Da, 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 da. Are we good? Da, da, da. No, it's their insults. They're insults. Back oh, and forth. Well, back yeah. and forth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, I think that's by design here. I don't sure. I'm not sure that the insults are quite that rampant. Uh, these guys are pretty. Ins are you are you seeing insults insults when you're at a table of men? They're insulting each other. Oh my god, yeah. Are you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, in it's... fun, in fun, or in fact, must be in fun. Um, no, it's an insult. It's an insult. You know, it's it's that in jest, but it's a kick on the table. It's you know, it hurts. There's a, there's a a bit of truth in it, and um. I remember it just, I had to put a stop to it, but I remember just um, saying, you guys, you know, like, what are you doing and being the, the, the voice of reason? Mm -hmm. I've had a couple of, I guess, in my case, two circumstances I can remember where I thought the insults were, were um, directed and serious and, and, um, tried uh, you know they, they're trying to hurt me they're trying to insult me or whatever right but it's only happened twice in my life hmm. um that i can recall or maybe i was just too stupid to recognize it i don't know but, but um hmm. i haven't no. uh, seen much of that really myself doesn't mean it doesn't happen but right I don't know. well <clears throat> anyway that's how i see this show it's the same type of snappy and then the sister what is her name Shiv. Shiv. Yeah. Shiv. Their kid Shiv. Well. <laughs> I mean, you put the child behind the eight ball immediately. You know, it's like it just because a name is so important. You know, it has meaning and it shapes who you are. Well, are you at the point where he offers her the company? I'm at the, the off point where um, where. The officer of the company? No, she was handed it. She, her dad gave it to her and then yanked it away and gave it to the other person. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, he'll mm -hmm. pass it around. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just feel that a name is super important. You know, when I named my kids or we named our kids, it was like, no, there's, it's got to have strength of character in those names. You can't just be, you know, willy nilly. Uh, you know, blue sky. 
to me, it's like, okay. All right, but they have to grow up with that name, you know. I agree with that. Yep. You know, you're, you're already setting the stage for their life. You're, you're giving them a hard life because people are going to go, Blue Sky? What do I call you? All right, Blue. But then, you know, they're going to be just... Uh, I think it's irresponsible, honestly. It's like you're naming your pet. Uh-huh. Interesting. Well, I, you know, I came up under the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John scenario. You know, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's those are the names. Um, right. And. Um, and I got uh, a Jeffrey and a, a Patrick and a, you know, and a Robert Charles. And, a, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I gave them all solid names. Same way you're mm -hmm. talking about. Yeah. Um, Jeffrey Allen, Robert Charles, John Patrick. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eric Harvey. Mm hmm. And you know what? And they are their names. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, yeah. I love that. You know, when you, when I say my my son or my daughter's name, I just I see them. It is who you are. It's like you know, with my name. It's the same. My name, with Marilee. Marilee means joy, right? And then of, originating from, and Solana. Solana means a sunny place. Joy originating from a sunny place. And that was given to me. Works for me. Yeah. I mean, does it fit? Sure. I mean, sure. I didn't sound <laughs> sure. What do we say? <laughs> of course. I don't know. Um, I, no, I, I agree with you. I, I, I do agree with you. I mean, it's, it's the problem. Yeah, yeah, I'm right. Our joy what do you mean? Say, well, you're, you're, I mean, one of, the, one of the things you complain about is how is how people view you being too joyful to be intelligent. Right. Exactly. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I just that comes up all the time. Yep. You're just too happy to be smart. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, how do we get around that? You know, because I mean, they don't I, understand how smart you have to be to be happy. Well. I was picking up on that. I was reading uh, Anthony Lewis's book, the, the uh, on freedom, mm -hmm. and because you know because sedition is sort of popular these days. Okay. With the with the you know and and I was looking I was looking at the history of sedition in the United States about how people view people who are too much of anything, too happy right. to this or to that, and um, uh, it goes back to 1798 in this country. Uh, and going into the First World War, where uh, seditious activity could be something as simple as finding somebody joyous in the bar who would say something like, um, when, after we entered against Germany, if you were in a tavern in Montana and you said, and you were drunk and you said, you know, and they expect me to carry the flag and fight against these damn Germans, that phrase would get you 20 years. That yeah. phrase would get you uh -huh. 20 years. Under the Sedition Act, so people are, and then uh, the 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 government decided that that the Germans were were invading the United States by flying by importing poison beans, and the poison beans became a, a thing for a while, and it goes on and on and on, and and I think that anytime anyone is, what appears to me to be the case is that if you are 
if you are uh, anywhere off the the line that they think you should be on, like happy in your case, you know, you should be sad. You should be morose because you're so because you because you're you're uh, you're more godlike. You're 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 you're, mm-hmm. um, you're you're a teacher. You're a seer. Yeah. You know. Therefore, you should be morose because you should be holding the problems of the world on your shoulders. And instead, you're happy to help people. And therefore, you can't be real. Mm. And it's a it's a human tendency. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's just the lower. Yeah, that's the lower realm. If that's where you're at, if that is where, you know, people are sitting with their attitude, you have to acknowledge that literally you're at the bottom. Because you're you're fighting uh, uh, horizontally with others instead of elevating to an understanding. But how do you how would you say that sentence to someone who's looking at you and say you're you're a horizontal personality and you're fighting at your own level and you'll never get out of it? What do you, you say? You don't. You just don't. You know. You just don't mind what they say or what they think because they don't know. You know, it's, this is where compassion comes in. Tolerance. It's like, you you know what? I see your pain. I recognize all your pain that you're projecting onto me. And clearly you don't want help, but you're, you're acting out. This is not a me problem. <laughs> okay. So in, um, so, I mean, but you, I, I don't find, it's like, I don't think you can, I don't approaching people is tough. If you if you walk by a person who's smoking, for example, yeah, and you say, you know, you shouldn't smoke because it's yeah. going to hurt you, or I yeah. smoked and I'm really suffering for it. If you say anything like that, man, you're that's a bad deal. Oh, that cuts you down in a minute. You're imposing. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. People don't care what you think if they don't respect you. They don't care what you think, and that's why. You know, when it comes to the game, you have to recognize right away if they respect you. If there's, if it's a no, <laughs> it's like you are wasting your time. So you just step away from that relationship entirely. Right. Don't even bother with, don't even put it in inventory. Get it out no, of there. No, You help those who are looking for help, who are open to help, who have their hand out saying, please pick me. Those are the ones you grab. You don't take the ones that are kicking and screaming and spitting at you. And it's like, okay, I I respect the fact that this is where you want to be. I'm going to leave you here. (laughs) (laughs) To drown. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I just, yeah. Don't even throw them a life jacket. Just let them drown. Well, Well, being there, my presence is the life jacket. I'm here with you, right? I'm here. Yeah. yeah. I'm offering to you, and you're still saying no, and you're trying to find fault in me, and, and I'm not going to defend myself, so I have no choice but to save myself. Yeah. Does that make you an isolationist? An isolationist? I would think some people would think that. Sure. And I'm okay with that. I think a lot of people are. <laughs> Leave me alone. 
Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, as you know, I'm very, very selective with my circle. Yeah. You know, yeah. I love everybody. I don't hurt anyone. However, I, I have to say, I did give my ex a card, a Christmas card, and I wrote something in there that I've just been stewing over, and I'm like, and I haven't had a chance to call him and correct that. And, you know, you have to remember your audience. So when you write things, you've got to remember your audience. And I'm hoping that he took my card in jest <laughs> the way I meant it and wasn't <laughs> insulted. Oh, God. Yeah. But in any case, you know, I, I choose my circle wisely, and it's, you know, purposeful. And, uh, yeah, because you got to recognize people. You got to recognize people that are going to hurt you. You know, when I say hurt, I mean, like, <clears throat> you know, it's at first it's it's small. At first, there's little things that the ego will say, you can take that. You know, like, ah, you felt that, but you can take it. You're not gonna you're not gonna bring me down over that little comment or that little kick under the table or that little betrayal. I can take it. You know, I can overcome, I can make you a better person. That's all ego. You know, and you're not doing yourself any favors by making allowances for other people. None. <clears throat> but but you also say you don't call them out. You just ignore it and walk into the take go to the next thing. Um, right. Right. Because they don't miss you anyway. That's right. They don't care. They just don't care. You have no so value. why should like, you care? Right. If I, I have think, no value to you, why do I care? <laughs> I think that's... Um, okay. So, all right. So, so let's grade the value then. Okay. Um, let's say... I mean, the value can be... There can be a social value. Um, you know, family to family. Okay. You know, but not, not, inter not internal, just families who get together all right but there's mm -hmm. but there's but there are members within the family who are who are high toned and high toned what does that high mean? toned well they just they're the ta-ta you know i mean whoever you are you're not one of them okay gotcha uh, let's say that you know one family all their children went to harvard and the other family all their children went to to um, st joseph's all right mm-hmm so whenever the family, whenever there's a conversation about family, uh, the St. Joseph's people are somehow picking berries and harvesting potatoes. And the Harvard people are always doing something that's incredibly wonderful in the eyes of the conversation. And you can't, inter and you, so how, do you get around that or do you even care? If you, are the, if you are the potato people, what do you do with the Harvard people? Nothing. You know that there's well, a difference. Out of the bun? No. Hmm? <laughs> you always say that. <laughs> <laughs> no. <clears throat> because, I mean, right out the gate, you understand that if you're a potato person, you don't measure up. And, you know, to the, whatever why do that... you feel that way? Why should you feel that way if you're a potato person? Well, I'm assuming in this conversation and in, in this analogy here that there's a difference in financial class. Is there or not? Because potato people can have a lot of money. Farmers have a lot of money. Yeah, I don't think I, I, I finances didn't enter into it. I think okay, it's well more, it does though. Okay. It does. Yeah, but not in this, not in my not in my example. No, there's no money. But let's go with your example. Go with the money. Well, okay, Social because class. remember everything, everything in life. I don't care what you're looking at, contemplating, thinking about. It doesn't matter. It's all love or money. 
There's nothing outside of that. Nothing. So in this context, um, if, <clears throat> excuse me, the potato people are trying to fit in, right, with the, with the Harvard people. Uh-huh. Why am I trying to fit in? Fit into what? Okay, so so let's say then that you don't, you just ignore them. Well, why do I have to do that too? Why can't I just look at them as people? See, the thing is, the Harvard people, we're going to assume that the Harvard people have an attitude because they have a higher education, they drive a nicer car, you know, they wear designer clothes, uh, and they, they have, you know, fine houses, right? And the potato people are hardworking, you know, just good ethical people okay they don't they don't have the finer things so that financial class it's money you know so so the potato people haven't really made it that's that's the outlook you haven't really made so, it yet so it, it is the implication then that money's evil in this in this argument in this conversation? something it's well i mean it does evil things you know what i mean because it's literally you haven't figured it out yet you haven't made it yet. So that's the, that would be the Harvard person's right. opinion of the right. potato person? Right. And that's a okay. huge assumption because who says the potato people want to be where they're at? Why can't they be happy doing what they're doing? You know, not having all the designer brands and the finer things, the bigger houses and et cetera, et cetera, but they have love. And hard work and family and character. They have warmth in their home. They have conversations in their home. Well, I, I, that's what I like about the potato people in in defense of that. Is that the that the potato people, for example, the potato family, a potato family. Let's say that they uh, they are the dominant provider of potatoes for McDonald's French fries. And the guy's worth, you know, I don't know, thirty billion. Yeah. Um, but he, but he drives a thirty-year-old truck and he's whatever he is, you know. Right. Um, member of the Grange, you know, uh, the 4-H, whatever. Um, he doesn't think in in um, in mid-century phenomenology and try and puff himself up. He just wants to get out of bed in the morning and figure out how to get to the end of the day. But he's got more money than God. So, the, but the class system doesn't change. So, you know, you're saying it's about money. It's money or it's money and love, right? Those are the two That's categories. It. That's it. But the class system didn't change. <clears throat> the, the guy that produces all the potatoes for McDonald's french fries Mm -hmm. hasn't elevated himself in class. All he got is rich. Mm -hmm. So he still he still didn't make it in, in the Harvard thing because the Harvard thing has its own class system. Yeah, but now we have... Okay, but wait. The class system is the money system because you have to spend the money on all the designer things to show how you have, you know, excelled. But the potato guy... If he's not showing how he excelled, but he most definitely did, we have to ask ourselves, what is the definition of success? 
Well, but I think what will happen in, dear, in what you're saying here, what will happen to a, a, to put some beef in the definition is that the potato guy lacks enough style that if he, when he does go to spend his money, he'll spend it incorrectly. He will not build the proper house from Harvard's perspective. His house will be will be garish or it won't be right, or he won't understand art, and the art will be crazy, or he'll, you know, stuff will just won't work. It won't work in a classy society. But who is he? Who says? You know what I mean? Like, why does he have to measure up to the Harvard guy? What if he likes the artwork that he puts on the wall? He's not trying to make anybody else happy but himself. That's very noble of you to say that, but he still hasn't done himself any good in society. He's still not. He didn't make the register yet. He's not in the social register. Because the people at the school say, did you see what Harold bought? He's got shit he put in his yard. I can't believe that. You know? Okay. All right. So they have people, we all have a standard and we have expectations and we expect that if you have enough money to afford finer things that you should have taste as well. That's it, taste. So who is the purveyor of taste? Right. That's just it. It's all these people who create a brand. I put my name on it and now other people want it. So now that I have a brand and only the, the rich people can afford it. Oh, look, my crows are outside the window. They're literally asking me for food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's so cute. I just love them. <laughs> um, so uh, anyways, what was I saying about um, what was I saying? <laughs> I just instantly fall in love with those birds. <laughs> <laughs> You've been captured by the crows, I see. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, okay, we were talking about right. taste, and we're talking about, you well, know. Taste. Being, yeah, taste yeah. and style. I mean, let's yeah, say, okay, for example. Yeah, designer. The designer. Yeah, That's I mean, where I was at. Like, like Ralph Lauren just recently is appropriated the Navajo Nation for his for his latest thing. He picked up a young gal who was a skateboarder, who was a, who was a talented weaver, and she is now the face of Ralph Lauren, and it's a huge success, huge success. Uh, and it's about time that, that you know, natives, uh, the Indians, you know, got into, this, into that caliber of, of uh, high society, people willing, willing to spend money. Yeah. And, and he's doing a great job. And I, 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 give, I give Lauren credit for that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's an opportunist. You know, I don't think he mm-hmm. fell in love with native culture. Always, always been kind of on the West. But... He found this. He found this. This nugget, this 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 little Navajo gal who, who, she focused on on uh, her on her loom, and she does brilliant stuff. And he just mm-hmm. took her right to the moon. Yeah. Um. So, that's good, is it or isn't no, it? No, it's great. I mean, but that's different. That's right. a, we're talking about a different type of success. You know, he grabbed her. He has a name. He has a brand. But we were talking about the potato guy who, who you know, doesn't have the best house or things or this and that and about taste, you know. And what what qualifies as having taste is knowing the artist, the brand. But do you see the cycle? This is why, you know, people in business are trying to promote their brand 
if I have a brand and other people see good in my brand, now I'm selling a lot of stuff. And other people will recognize that brand and go, oh, you have good taste. Oh, you know that. You see, but the potato guy, if they've never heard of, let's say, me or my brand, he wouldn't think to put me in his house. And others would be like, oh, gosh. Really? You don't know? <laughs> how about how about the guy that's got a lot of money and no style and still puts it puts uh, it's very expensive puts hundred million dollar prints on his wall or paintings on his wall, um, but he's got no style. He just has a lot of money. He's a rube. He's a rube. You know? Okay. No, There's plenty no of money. those. Plenty of those. Yes. Because money does not account for taste. Right. Okay. Right. And and if you're still cheap, right? If you're quote unquote cheap and you don't want to hire a professional to make your house look like you know represent what you have then it's not going to <laughs> it's just going to be you and if you haven't really honed in on who you are your what your taste is then you know it is what it is but again we're, we're judging people on what they have it sounds to me like it gets back to the, the the root cause of the problem keeps coming up as money as opposed to anything else. That's right. The money the money seems to be driving the problem. Yes. By taking the no taste person and putting them in a embarrassing situation by having them spend on stuff they don't even understand. Or um, let's look at Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett has been living in the same house. Almost wears it as a badge since he was a young man, you know. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he's um, he's uh, one of the most recognizable icons in the world. Um, and he seems to he seems to almost revel in that, in the in in his capacity to be normal as opposed to flashy. Mm-hmm. It's each his own. It's about your relationship with money and your your persona that you want to put out there. So, you know, who you are when you have a lot of money is just the same example of who you are when you didn't have a lot of money. What did you choose? It just magnifies who you are. Okay, so money magnifies who you are. Is that all it's good for? Is that all it's good for? Well, so, I mean... there's, so there's no class change in. Class, I guess the answer here, as I'm hearing our conversation, the answer then is that, that money does not change the class system. It really doesn't have an impact on it. Is that what we're saying? I don't know if class is the right word, but I'm thinking character. You all know, right, it, because self class would change with money, I guess. Yeah, right. depends on the class, I suppose. So character is different because people, you know, there are plenty of people who will flash the money, you know, or even things that they don't have, but make it look like that. And believe me, I know those people, you know, and they're putting on a face for the public where they can't be found out. So it looks like they've got a lot of money and they think that money drives more money. So, these people are successful. So I'm not going to listen to you who doesn't flash anything because you haven't made it yet. 
But this person over here who's, you know, sitting in an airplane, you know, uh, that's parked on their own runway or whatever the heck it is, I'm going to listen to you because clearly you know what you're doing. This is the, the mentality and the manipulation of minds. And it's unfortunate. We don't see it. And that's where, you know, fake it till you make it comes in. But that's all seems to be fine in the capitalist societies. It's all sort of so what? But it's do whatever hollow. you need to do. It's hollow and it's it's terrible because the person who's faking it till they make it, they understand that they're fake. It's not there. Well, it doesn't bother them, or they? It sure it does. When they go to bed at night and they don't have what they're pretending to have, they're lonely. The character is missing. Their values are missing. Their relationship with God is missing. And for uh, for anyone who buys into it, right, they're going to spend good money on whatever it is that these people are trying to sell and act like they're successful. That, too, will be hollow. And this is why people have to buy over and over and over again. Why? Because there's other people who are selling. It's just such a vicious cycle. There's other people who are selling their program to those people who are pretending to have, but they have not, and telling them, this is what you have to do. So that person with this course is making money off the person who's trying to fake it till they make it. And they fake it till they make it, and they're selling to the next person who really needs help. It's ugly, very ugly. When I when I came over from uh, Montana here in the 1970, early 1970, uh, I was driving a um, um, some little orange Chevrolet thing. Um, and I got my first job over here and I was told by the guy that hired me that I would have to uh, buy a Mercedes, join a yacht club, uh, wear shoes, this, 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 and you know, my clothes, gave me the uniform, which included the car. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't do that, I wouldn't succeed. Yeah. So I did all that. Yeah. And, um, and that set the hook in me to do that, and I never stopped doing that. I bought, you know, Mercedes after Mercedes after Mercedes. The house got bigger and bigger and bigger. The country club got longer. The swimming pool, da 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 da, got just kept getting, just kept exploding. I kept stacking myself with those kind of badges. Yeah. Um, I was incredibly unhappy. Yeah. Making money hand over fist. Mm -hmm. I was exactly what you're describing. Yeah. Right. And were were you a success? And well, it depends on how you measure it. Right. How you measure it. Exactly. I wasn't a success until I left. I didn't think I was a success until I walked away from it. Mm -hmm. All I had was a lot of money and a lot of power. Yeah. But success didn't happen to me until I walked away from it, in my opinion. But you know what? That's where the magic is. Because, I mean, that's me too. When you walk away from all the comforts of what you're used to, 
you know, a, a status, right? And you're willing to walk away for the unknown. It's like you're putting all your faith and trust in God. You don't know what's out there, but you're willing to let go of what you know for the unknown. Yeah. Right. Yep. And and now, I mean, it's pretty wow, John, what you're doing. It's wow. Yeah, but I'm happy. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. It is pretty wow. But it's wow because I'm enjoying it. Because I'm, because I'm, I'm, I'm on the beam. I'm on the beam. I jumped on the beam. I got on the, you know, I got on the light beam. I became a light beam writer. Right. You know. And if I had not taken that chance and walked away, I would not be experiencing what I am today. I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't know you. You know, it's, it's just phenomenal. It's just absolutely phenomenal when you put your faith and trust in God and just say, you know what, I'm going to leave that money world behind and really follow. I'm just going to take a chance. I'm going to mm-hmm. surrender and take a chance. Mm-hmm. And um, We both did the same thing, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, before, long before I wrote the game, Long before I even started writing the game, I was in a, in a network marketing company called ILA. And when ILA came onto the scene, you know, it was about personal development and it was, uh, you know, these experts talking on video and they would deliver a video every week or something like that. And then, you know, for the membership, blah, blah, blah. And I was all about it. I loved it. That's how I met Greg Reed. And Brian Bean. So when Brian Bean came onto the scene, I, I'm sure you don't know him, right? But I don't know. Holy cow. I'm like, this guy is the coolest guy ever. I was just like basically in love. Like I, I love the way he taught. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to be behind the camera. I'm going to be doing those videos. So I joined ILA. And I mean, that's part of my story. That's literally, you know, one thing step after another I went to the conference I met Brian (laughs) we became great friends (laughs) uh yeah and Greg Reed I mean just that I just kept meeting one person after another that's how I met Bob Proctor and (laughs) it was amazing and when I was in ILA I did um one of the conference calls and I got on there and I was on fire and I was on fire. I'm in my house. I'm on the phone. I'm standing up, and I'm basically just belting out this whole thing about I am the one. And uh, yeah, I am the one. It was called because somebody else, one of their people, put this video on, and she said I am the one, and she started talking about. It. So I gave feedback about that and took it so much further. And then I said um, afterwards, they're like, wow, Marilee, and that, that was something. <laughs> they, <weren't laughs> expect- <laughs> they were not expecting that at all. And, uh, and I said, yeah, I go, well, you know, my goal is to teach, you know, 150 million how to love. And, you know, when I think back about that statement, it was pretty arrogant. You know, it was pretty like, okay, like who makes you the authority or what makes you the authority? And. What makes you think that anybody needs to be taught? We all know what love is. 
So I'm sure the audience, you know, was, was immediately like, okay, sure. Good luck with that. I had no idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and here we are. <laughs> Great story. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was wonderful. And that's, and literally one person, I, God kept bringing one more thing into the fold and I would just say yes. And then I would meet amazing people. And then even from afar, like people I've never met, like you, we've never met. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're together all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it makes it so much better. The fact that we've never met, John, and we know each other so well. Yeah. And so yeah. well that that literally you were inspired to write these books. It's funny. I was um, yesterday, we had um, a couple come over, a young couple um, that are really, you know, Great, we love them. Anyway, um, and I gave um, I gave them a copy of your book. Yeah. Each one of them, and um, they and there was and I maybe it's youth. I don't know. I mean, like like a a more mature person, maybe an older person, would would thank me for the book and put it aside, and you know something would happen later. Yeah. These guys started to read the book out loud upon wow. receipt, reading it back to me. Wow. And so for a while, for a period of time, they're reading your book out loud like they're giving some kind of a lecture. Wow. <laughs> and, and loving it, sucking it right up. You know, like, how <laughs> cool is that? That is really cool. That was really nice of them to do that. Yeah. So I'm yeah. going to assume that they just, what, opened up to the place? What, what were they Yeah, doing? they just opened it. Oh, I think it was the, um, it was the, yeah. what am I thinking of here? i got too many drugs in my head to keep doing this. But, but um, uh, I think it was in, in the, um, well, it was numbers. It was numbers. So, so if, it was probably the place. I'm guessing. Um, well, the reason why I guess the plays is because when you open up the book, there's so many. There's almost 300 of them. Yeah, so I, the I think that. Cause, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it, it was numbers. She was she was reading off numbers, so it, was, okay. it would be the plays. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, and uh, was there any feedback, or was she just they're just reading them, or what? Uh, there was um, banter, not feedback. You know, <laughs> what about this? What about that? And then you know, gouging her husband, like you know. Mm. Pay attention to this. Have you? Oh, have God. you? you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like it was like it caught. It was like fish on mm -hmm. immediately. Yeah. Immediately fish on. Yeah. Anyway, that was, mm. that was fun. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed well, thank you. I yeah, appreciate I, that. yeah. Four four copies of your book went out yesterday to people that are that are um, of the rights of the right stuff. That's wonderful. Of the right stuff. Yeah, and so. more friends on Facebook are saying that they're, you know, telling everybody and they're telling their friends about it, recommending it. And I'm like, that's wonderful. We've got to pull together to let people know that, you know, that it's available, that this answer is available. Yeah, I've always felt that, that 
that you're going to grow organically. That's what mm-hmm. I've always felt, and you, and you are. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious, you know, mm-hmm. in its face, but but it's a big it's a big universe. Mm-hmm. But uh, boy, yeah. oh, so get this, so get this. <laughs> this is how God works. So remember, okay, I went to the meeting, right? The spiritual meeting. Yeah. Right? Okay. Well, gosh, on Sunday, I actually went to the farmers market to sign books again. And I was not going to do it. I was so tired. I mean, from the whole week, you know, and then late night we were, we were playing um, Pictionary and I, we, I didn't go to bed till like 2.30 and I had to be up at 5.30. I'm like, I'm just not going to go. Well, something kept telling me, you better go. You know, you got to go. I'm like, all right. So I got up and I went over there, set up and lo and behold, one of the girls from the meeting shows up and, um, so I'm like, hey, you know, hi. And we start talking. And um, anyway, we ended up having a like a 40-minute talk. And she was telling me her story about her and her husband and her life, her mom. And, her, and uh, I was like, wow. And at one point, she was in tears. And she says, oh, my God, I would give anything to feel that spark again, anything. And I looked at her and I said, really? Really? Anything? How about $25? (laughs) 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 And she started laughing. She was, okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. And, you know, and it's funny because normally if people are in such pain like that, you know, I'm going to give them the book. But that's, it's not that people have to want it. You know what I mean? For, for sure. me to keep sure. just giving the book away, it's like it's not respected, appreciated. It won't be read. No, they they, they need to own it. They need to own it. You got to be careful who you give it to. That's for right. Sure. And yeah. so she's like, no, she's okay, okay. She was, she was, I just don't normally read books. I, you know, I listen to them online and this and that. I said, well, I do have an audio recording, but I don't sell that. That's part of a package. And, um, you know, I said, you read the book and tell me about it. I said, and then I'll, I will gift it to you. And she said, okay. So, um, you know, I'm hoping that she's reading it. But, I mean, yeah. see, so that just goes to show I was supposed to go to the meeting. Yeah, yeah. Isn't yeah. that interesting? That's how God works. Yeah, and she wasn't the reason you went there. No. No. No, and I got to, <laughs> I got to relieve my anxiety about the dish that I brought, because, uh, you know, it was a potluck and it was short notice. And he says, oh, you know, he's gonna be here tonight. Why don't you come? It's a potluck. Bring something. And I was like, oh shoot, okay. So I'm thinking, what am I gonna bring? It's, it's short notice. So I, I took a dip. Now this dip is delicious. Everybody loves it, but it's so not healthy for you. So I'll describe. It is um, a layer of cream cheese and then a layer of chili. And normally in the olden days, I would get a can of Hormel chili, no beans. And then you put uh, shredded cheddar cheese and olives, black olives on top. And then you put it under the broiler for a little bit until it's all you know melted and good. And you eat it with Fritos or corn chips. So I thought, okay. Right. I'm just going to, and I'm thinking to myself, Marilyn, you know better than this. This is a spiritual group. They don't want to eat crap. You know what I mean? They're probably on raw veggies and stuff. But I thought, whatever, I'm going to take this thing. It's easy. Well, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't find 
the right chili. And um, long story short, I went with the Hormel. I thought I had grabbed the no bean, just meat. When I put it, was putting it together, I'm in a hurry, and I open the can, and I pour it on there, and it's the one with the beans. And I'm like, gosh, dang it. Whatever. Keep moving. Keep moving. So then I put, you know, I finish it off, put it in the oven. I'm ready to go. I get there on time. Well, <laughs> first of all, the travel from home to there, it tilted a little bit. So now a little bit of the dip is to the side of the bowl, and a little bit of it on the other side had all the grease from that can of chili. Oh my God. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. It might as well have been motor oil or something, you know? I'm like, oh God. <laughs> and I'm like, whatever, whatever, suck it up, Marilee. Just just keep going. And um, so then, you know, I uncovered it and looked like that. I'm like, great. So I thought, well, I better have the first bite to let people know that it's not poison. <laughs> So I take a bite. I'm like, it's fine. And then some other lady who didn't know that I brought it, she's like, what's that? <laughs> and I, I'm like, motor oil. <laughs> God. Anyway, people, you know, they ended up eating quite a bit of it. Um, there was only a sliver left, which to my surprise. But, yeah, I wouldn't. That was stupid of me. <laughs> that was stupid. <laughs> yeah, but your style showing. Your style is showing. That's wonderful. The way you, yeah. you know, press on. Keep well, going. Keep going. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. Hallmark. What are your hallmarks? <laughs> so, yeah. anyway, I got to explain to her, you know, why it was what it was. And because um, that night she looked at me and she goes, oh, my husband would be eating all of that if it were vegan. And I'm thinking, but, honey, vegan chili is just as bad as this that I'm serving you. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. But uh, it all worked out, and, you know, the one person who needed the book got the book. Sure. Ugh. I'm like, there it is. I'm done. My job is done. I, I, yeah. I answered the call, and I went back a second time, and I, I wasn't accurate on who needed it. But still, God does his work. Well, she's the force multiplier. You know, mm -hmm. when she gets when she gets into it, that's how the thing goes. That's how the thing right. goes. Right. Early adopters do a lot for um, who you are. Right. Exactly. So. And then, oh my gosh, it was great. The farmers market on Sunday was so great. John, I had amazing people buying my book. I had um, one guy. He was a doctor scientist, and um, he's the one who like. Uh, I think he's had patented like the whole stem cell research and, you know, he's talking about his library and how big his library is. And, and he was interested in my book. I said, you know what? I am honored to be part of your library. He goes, Oh yeah. He goes, I'm going to read it. I'm like, wow. So he's <laughs> I was just amazed. Oh, well, it's great. A man of science, right? A man of science wanting to buy yeah. my book of love. All right. That's God right there. And then, oh my gosh, and then uh, this other family came, it was a man that I had seen the week before, like a, like a grandpa type, and, and he didn't really speak English, but I think he picked up on my vibration or something, there was something about me, he brought his family back, and I think it was his daughter and then her kids, and she had uh, three boys, one of them was 16, 
and the other one was 11 and then I didn't I didn't get the other one but I started talking to the mother and she was doing a great job these boys the 16 year old was coming up with all this stuff that he's been researching about the pyramids and what's really in them and you know why aren't we questioning these things and they're telling us a bunch of light I mean he was just totally impressing me and then mm -hmm. When I was, you know, talking about the book and stuff, he he was so excited, both him and his brother, to read this book. And I, I looked at, you know, their mom said, you're doing a great job. You know, and I said, you read this book. I said, and you will see everything that you want. All the success that you want is in this book. Follow it. And he, and, and they weren't even from here. They're from out of state. Oh. Blessing after blessing after blessing. And then this other woman comes up. She's an Asian woman with her daughter who was 11. And she and I are talking. And she, she I guess she's not really a reader or whatever, but her daughter is a, an avid reader. And she starts, the, the mom says, oh, yeah, I keep telling her, don't get married. It's overrated. I'm thinking, no, don't tell me that, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> And anyway, so she ends up buying the book and she goes, my daughter will read it first. The daughter took it out of her hand and started reading it immediately and walked off. Yeah. I'm thinking an 11 and a 16 year old. Thank you, father. Thank you. Lots, lots of need. There's a lot of need. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. And the, the thing is, it's, it's understandable. They can actually read the book. Oh, you yeah. know, it's, it's not heavy in vocabulary that they don't understand. Yeah. Ugh. And then she's going to be forced to read it. The mom's going to be forced to read it because the daughter is going to come back with feedback. She's going to see things in the world and in her friends and in her family that no nobody else will see. God, I'm so proud of them. Yeah, that made my day. I was so happy to get up and I was so glad that I actually made it on Sunday. You're going to become an event there. Yeah, did yeah, it's it's been really good. It's only the second week I've I've been there, and a lot of love and appreciation. And you know, you coming next week? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't know. You coming next week? Come on. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and it's it's not even about selling the books now. It's about it literally the the feedback because enough people have the book. Yeah. To actually give feedback. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's been a it's been a blessed holiday for sure, all the way around. Perfect. Ella. Yes, and I appreciate you giving Perfect. out my book too. Perfect. I love you. I love you too. We're over. We're over. Not, no, <laughs> not over. We're just through for today. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're over our time. <laughs> Okay. okay, I'll see you. Bye. Bye.